13, but we're just going to back, start back at verse 1 and then read down to the verses that will be in the context of the last two points that I told you to be looking forward to. Uh, last week, they were kind of hard to swallow because they do not allow us to do what we want to do. And uh, by the way, I'm thankful that the Word of God has what we need to know how to live a life that's pleasing to God. It doesn't always please us when we live pleasing to God, but it's important that we please Him. And uh, last week, we began in verse number 1. We're going to do that again tonight and uh, just kind of go on down the line. The Bible says, let every soul, notice that there is no option out of that, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Sounds kind of serious, doesn't it? For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power, then not be afraid of the power, that do which is good, thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Now, watch verse 5. We're going to pick up in the context of the message tonight. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray you'd help us tonight. I pray that you'd give us grace and wisdom, utterance, uh, Father, in how we say what you would have us to say. Lord, I just pray that we would receive it and become who you'd have us to become through it. I pray your will be done tonight, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we looked at this topic of when it's okay to obey in our relationship uh, with government because of the burden that the Lord gave us about the tendency for all of us to give way to fleshly rebellion. Uh, it's something that comes very natural to us. Uh, we see it in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, there was rebellion there. We see it even in the early stages of our children as they begin to grow. Those sweet little, uh, little balls of joy all of a sudden become uh, angry faced and they furrow their brows when they don't get what they want and what they're simply doing is rebelling comes very natural to them comes very natural to us and I told you that tonight we will look at the time when it's okay for God's people to resist the authorities or the powers that be but oftentimes if you're not careful you'll allow that carnal rebellion to slip in in times like these when there's a tumultuous change in our lifestyle and in our government Rebellion is simply when you decide that you are going to do what you want to do instead of what you are being told to do, and uh, you have to be careful, because if you're not careful, as I mentioned last week, what we call Christian resistance uh, is easily uh, transformed into carnal rebellion. So last week we looked at two simple points. The first one was, right out of verse number one, notice the subjection of every soul. And we saw where the Bible shows us that no one is exempt from authority. Every one of us has an authority over us. Everyone is under someone. And I know this is a prickly topic to look at, but this is the order that God has given us. God is a God of order. And he says, let all things be done decently in order, particularly he is speaking 
speaking of the church and amongst God's people. We see in verse number one that these authorities were authorized or established by God. The Bible says, for there is no power but of God. Be careful tonight resisting the authority structure that is in place when that authority structure was placed there by God. The Bible says the powers that be are ordained of God. So the first thing was that there's a subjection of every soul. The second thing was we gave you some reservations about resistance, all right? It's easy to complain. Uh, It's easy to gripe about what's going on. But be careful resisting the authorities that God has placed, all right? It doesn't mean they're perfect authorities. It doesn't mean that we obey them or we're subject to them, which means we submit ourselves to them if they are perfect or do everything right. The Bible says we just submit to them, much as our children submit to the authority of the parent in the home. None of us are perfect parents by any means. We make mistakes. Uh, we, We make decisions that aren't always the best decisions. And yet the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It did not give them an out. It did not give them the caveat. If they're perfect, godly parents, it says just to obey them. Why? Because that's the authority structure. And just as God did not give our children an out on when they could choose to obey, God does not give us an out on when we can choose or what we can choose to obey or not to obey. I believe tonight, if we're not very careful, we'll start giving ourselves outs that God did not give us. Uh, we looked last week in 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll not turn there, Well, the Bible tells us to abstain from fleshly lust. And right after that, the Bible tells us to submit ourselves to authority. It's our fleshly lust to resist and to rebel. We understand that uh, if you're being honest tonight. I shared with you last week that having an opinion is okay. Uh, but I hope there's enough God in you that your opinion is not worth your testimony, that uh, you would be gladly give up your testimony just to have your opinion or state your opinion or even uh, to defend your opinion. So we looked at reservations about resistance. Tonight, uh, we're going to look at two things. The last two points, there's four total, and we're going to look at the first tonight. If you will, look down to verse number uh, six. Verse number six, the Bible says, For this cause... Pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Verse 7, the Bible says, render therefore to all their dues. Now there's two words I want you to see, one's in 6, one's in 7. The Bible says, for this cause pay ye tribute. And verse 7 says, to render. Notice these are terms of payment, if you will. The words are interpreted as to give away what is one's own. The Bible says in verse 6 and 7, the authority structure that is set up, the Bible says to pay or to render tribute unto them. The third thing I want to see tonight in this area of the relationship of God and government is I want you to notice the cost of godly conduct. The The cost of godly conduct. The Bible says here that we pay tribute or we render, therefore, to all of their dues. And he's telling us that just because we are Christians and belong to God, that we are not exempt from the taxes or the tributes that are there. What we're trying to understand tonight is living a Christian life or living a life of Christian conduct will be costly at times. Sometimes it may even cost you your opinion. If you're not careful, you will be like many who try to use their Christianity uh, and the fact that God is their father is an opportunity for them to have a free pass and not pay their way or not render what should be rendered. Remember, rendered means to give of what is one's own. 
Just because I am a Christian does not mean that I am exempt from paying taxes because my heavenly father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He says, no, you understand that when you submit to those authority, it's going to cost you in order to retain. This is what we've got to see tonight. To retain your Christian conduct and character, he says, I want you to pay and I want you to render. That means you give. Matthew chapter 17 will not turn there. Well, I guess I will. We've got some time tonight. I don't plan on being too terribly long. Matthew chapter 17. We read the account of where Christ is encountered by those that were receiving the uh, tax, the temple tax, if you will. Let me find my place down here. Uh, the Bible says, let's find it. The Bible says, verse 24. When they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter. It says, doth your master pay tribute or that temple tax? He saith, yes, and when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, then are the children free. And so they did not have to pay this tax. Verse 27, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. Now notice Christ was in all and every right uh, exempt from paying this tax. He did not have to simply because of who he was. But he told Peter, because I did not want to offend them, notwithstanding, lest we offend them, he says, I want you to pay it. You see, he was more concerned about his character and testimony for those that were about than having his own rights and getting his way. You see, here's Christ. And if anybody had ever excuse to use who he was to get out of doing what was needed to be done, it was Jesus. And yet Christ did not give himself a free pass. Now here's what breaks my heart, watching on social media, listening to Christians tonight, is for some odd reason, we feel that we have the authority that Christ did not even take himself to give ourselves passes on which laws we're going to obey or not to obey. Be careful tonight. Where do we get off giving ourselves a pass that Christ would not even give himself Christ could have easily said, I don't have to do that because of who I am. And yet he says, no, notwithstanding, lest we offend them. That word offend, I've defined it for you many times. It's very important to me. The Bible tells us that our eye offend thee to pluck it out. That word offend means cause to stumble. Christ was more concerned with causing others to stumble by taking liberty where he had every opportunity or every right. He was not concerned as much about his rights as he was the welfare and the opportunity to reach others. I've heard it many times, and I may have even uttered it, all right? So let me lump myself in there with everybody, and we utter those three, three words, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. A law is passed, we have to wear masks or keep social distancing or whatever. And I've seen it, I've fed up with it, I'm not gonna. Can I ask you tonight, can you please show me scripture where we have the privilege to pick and choose which laws we're going to abide by? 
I mean, I don't know that it's in here. This is our operating manual, our user's manual. And the Bible says that we submit unto the higher powers. Now, I don't like it any more than you do. But listen to me. I'm responsible to not only live by this word, but to preach every word in the word of God. And it tells us to be subject to the higher powers which were ordained of God. So I can't pick and choose what I want to do which best suits me. Well, I don't like wearing a mask, so I'm just not going to do that. We don't have the right to do that. The Bible says we submit to that authority because that authority is ordained by God. By the way, when you pick and choose which laws that you think you're exempt from, you're no different than the looters up there in Chicago. They pick what laws they want to live by, which laws they want to break, and look, we're no different than them. And we as the people of God ought to have a higher standard. We as the people of God should submit ourselves to the ordinances that are ordained by God. I'll show you in a minute. Uh, where you can defy it, all right? Don't get all up in arms and turn it off and go watch Wheel of Fortune. Stick with me tonight. I've heard people say, well, the Constitution says. I understand that. But do we understand tonight that the Word of God trumps the Constitution of the United States? Uh, we have people that are more excited and uh, more livid about backing up the Constitution as they do the very Word of God. Listen, this precedes the Constitution of the United States. I believe the Constitution of the United States is the second greatest document ever written aside from the Word of God. But understand, this comes first. And I don't care if the Constitution gives you an out and this is your rights. This defines the Christian character and we live by that. Why? Because that's the authority we're submitting to in our Father. So tonight, notice the cost of godly conduct. Conduct. You're going to have to pay every once in a while. You're going to have to render every once in a while. You're going to have to give in every once in a while. Why? Because that's the authority structure set up by our Father. Matthew chapter 5, the Bible shows us Christ is giving His new disciples a lesson in who they are supposed to be. By the way, if you're saved tonight, you're bought, you're not your own, you don't belong to yourself anymore, you don't even own your opinions anymore. They belong to God. He bought and paid for them. As he, as he told the new disciples who they were supposed to be, he defined their character. And he told them that if they were compelled to go a mile, according to Roman law, a Roman soldier could commandeer a Jew to carry his armor, his luggage, if you will, one mile. He says, here's what I want from you. The law says one mile. I want you to go with him twain. Hence the second mile. Go the second mile. Notice the standard for the people of God was not just to live by the law, but well above the law, above and beyond the law. Go with him twain. The sad thing is the people of God are trying to use the word of God to get out of obeying the law. And God says, not only obey it, go above and beyond and do better. We see the apostle Paul, he was falsely accused and wrongfully imprisoned. Now listen close. Falsely accused and wrongfully imprisoned. He didn't march. He didn't gripe. He didn't complain. What was the Apostle Paul doing? Well, I do believe we find him singing. Now think about that. Rather than being cynical, he decided to sing. The Bible says that when God let those old boys out of there, that the Philippian jailer wanted what they had. Why? Because the Apostle Paul was more concerned with his Christian character. He said, I'd rather give up my rights and retain my character because the character is going to be the witness to the lost souls that need to see Christ. So the Apostle Paul was willful. He went to jail. He didn't gripe. He didn't complain. He didn't get, listen, cynical. If he, didn't get, if he had Facebook, he would have got on Facebook and posted about how corrupt our world is. 
The Apostle Paul sang songs at midnight, and there's a man in heaven today, all because he decided, you know what? My character is more important than my rights. Now, folks, sooner or later, you're going to have to make a decision what you're going to live by. Paul says, you know what? My character is more important. That's my witness. We see in the Word of God, we see Daniel and we see Joseph. Think about both of those. Daniel and Joseph, both, both wrongfully imprisoned, if you will. It was a kangaroo court. I mean, boy, they could have been mad and they could have been cynical, but can I tell you what they were more concerned with? Listen close. Some of you may not like this, but it's the truth. They were more concerned with doing right than their rights. They were more concerned with doing right and honoring God and having a testimony than they were about retaining their rights. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to come down to it one day. We may lose this country, but listen, we don't need to lose our character. And we're still required to be a Christian. Now, this is something interesting. Brother Michael Coates and I were talking about this the other day. You need to understand the context of the book of Romans. Maybe it will help you a little bit. Instead of quit feeling sorry for yourself, let's just see what Paul was going through during this time. You know, Paul was writing and serving under the leadership and under the authority at the time of Nero. I want to read you a little bit about what was going on when he told them in Romans 13 to be subject to the higher powers. The people of Rome were tolerant. Here's a historical record. They were tolerant of most religious expressions. However, tolerance was largely limited to religions that were polytheistic, meaning simply this. The Roman authorities did not care who you worship as long as you included the emperor and didn't create problems with other religious systems. Sounds like America, doesn't it? They'll let you worship anything. They just hate God. And I'm fixing to read for you an eyewitness account of what happened to Christians who lived like Christians. In their, this is a true historical record. In their very deaths, they were made the subjects of sport. For they were covered with the hides of wild beasts and worried to death by wild dogs. They were nailed to crosses and dipped in oil and set fire to. When the day waned, they were burned alive to serve for the evening lights at the chariot races. This is Rome. This was Rome when Romans 13 was written. And here's the Apostle Paul. I'm talking about, they're not even doing that in California. I hope they don't read that. It may give them ideas. Here is Rome, and they are burning Christians alive. They're throwing them in the Colosseum, and they're being tortured. You talk about a corrupt government, and Paul, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, has the audacity to say, let every soul be subject to the higher powers. The higher powers of that day was Nero. I mean, he was a lunatic, and yet God says, be subject to the higher powers. God knew exactly what he was doing when he wrote this. Folks, can I tell you something? I, I despise abortion. God calls abortion an abomination because they're, they're hands that are shedding innocent blood. And yet, you know, our tax dollars go through the pipeline and our tax dollars find their way to abortion clinics all over this country. Now, here's what, I'm just, here's what boggles my mind. Can I, just, can I speak personally for a second? We get so riled up about masks. All right, I don't like it either, okay? I hate it when I forget my mask. I have to go all the way back out to the car and get it. I hate that, all right? I am with you 100%. But we have griped and complained and posted more about masks than we had our tax dollars that we pay every year that are going to fund abortions. Sounds hypocritical to me. And we get so riled up about that. Do you know why? Because this is inconveniencing us. And how sad that we can be so sad, so selfish, 
To gripe and complain about something that inconveniences us rather than something that's taking an innocent life. Come on, folks, let's not be hypocritical tonight. That's why Christ says in Matthew 21, 22, to render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's. What is he saying? Don't give yourself a pass. Listen, if you want to tell me tonight where I'm wrong, I want you to do it with Bible because I'm showing you what the Bible says tonight. And if I'm wrong, feel free to let me know. And let me tell you, I'd make a whole lot more friends if I just told you, hey, let's get store, uh, uh, swords and, and torches and staves and let's go storm City Hall. feel like doing that sometimes as well. But I can't find in my user manual where I'm allowed to do that. I can't find where God tells me who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do where I have the right to be rebellious. And he says it's a sin of witchcraft. So number one tonight, or number three tonight, the cost of godly contact. Sometimes you're going to have to pay something. Sometimes you're going to have to give in. Sometimes you're going to have to render. You say, well, I don't like it. Take it up with God. Number four, the last thing tonight, and this is what you've been waiting on. Is there ever a time where we don't have to roll over and give in and render and pay? Yes, there is. And I'm going to show you what it is. Turn with me to somewhere you've probably had bookmarked in your Bible since all of this started. Acts chapter number 5. Acts chapter number 5. I want to show you when it's okay. Alright? Acts chapter number 5. Let's look down to verse number 28. Listen to what the high priest tells Peter. The Bible says, And did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in, his name, in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. I can hear the chorus of amens all over tonight. There's our verse right there. Verse 29 is probably circled and underlined and underlined, and it's inspired just as much as every other verse, but I believe oftentimes in the last six months it's been taken out of context. And I'll show you why. Number four tonight. Number four, I want to show you the conflict of our faith. The conflict of our faith. We see in chapter 28 where the high priest commanded them not to speak. And they said, you fill Jerusalem with your doctrine. And finally, Peter says, we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, can I tell you, sadly, verse 29 has been used to excuse many Christians' simple rebellion. Now listen, when you take a word of God, or you take a portion of Scripture, and you take it out of context to meet what you and what your fleshly lust really wants it to say, you're no different than Joel Osteen taking the word of God out of context to line his pockets. There's no different. You're just using it for your personal benefit. So when is it okay to oppose tonight? When is it okay for us to stand against them tonight? It's simply this. When man's law conflicts with God's command. If you want to oppose and to stand up and you want to defend, the time to do that is when man's law conflicts with God's command. Any other time, it is simple, good old-fashioned, fleshly rebellion. I'll give you some examples. Exodus chapter 1, we see Pharaoh passing a law that uh, all of the, the man-child should be destroyed in an effort to prevent Moses' rise to fame, if you will. The Bible says that Jochebed took him, he was a goodly child, and she took him and hid him. Why? Because now man's law is conflicting with God's command and what God has shown and know, we knew was right. And so she hid him. That was quite all right. 
We see Esther defying the king's order or the command because she knew that if she went in unto the king, that was unseemly and she could die for that. And yet she was willing to go in and defy the king's order. Why? Because there were her people were about to be destroyed. And she knew that was not the will of God. We see in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see in those accounts, all of them as well. And how the king's order defied the commandment of God. Therefore, they resisted it. By the way, I want you to go back sometime and read Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And watch how they resisted. They were not boastful. They were not in your face. And they were not disrespectful. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I found in my life. And if you're fleshly like I am, maybe this is true for you as well. Usually if I am boasting and I am popping off at the mouth... Uh, and I'm being pretty sassy about it. It's usually not of God. It's usually of the flesh and not of the spirit. Just throwing that out there. Another time where we see people in the word of God defying the authorities when the wise men were given the order not to go back to Herod and report the Christ child. And yet the Bible says that God warned them in a dream not to go back. And therefore the command of Herod had to be disobeyed. Why? Because it conflicted with the commandment of God. This morning, North Valley Baptist Church held their church services. They gathered, they assembled, they sang, and they preached. And we just heard this afternoon that they're now facing a $5,000 fine per day that they defy that order. Is that okay? Absolutely. Why? Because they were simply doing the will of God. Man's order and man's commandment now has conflicted with God's command. And therefore, we ought to obey God rather than man. You can only use this when man's law conflicts with God's command. And I cannot find anywhere in here. Let's just pick an easy one tonight where God says, do not wear a mask. So you know what? Guess what? It means I have to obey that law. Here's what I want you to notice. Jochebed, Esther, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the wise men were resisting with no benefit to themselves. Think about it. They were putting themselves at risk. There was no benefit to themselves. You see, they were defying the authority to do God's will, not theirs. And I believe there's our problem tonight. When you're wanting to defy authority to do your will, that's rebellion. That's not God's. And all of these accounts from Daniel and Jochebed and the wise men, uh, Esther, all of them were defying the authority to do God's will, not theirs. Can I tell you something? Our governor, whether you like him or not, our governor, our president, our mayor have been very good to the church. I mean, there's times uh, the people in the church were looking for more of a fight than the, the politicians were. Folks, understand, if we lived in California and Gavin Newsom was our governor, then I, you'd have every bit to be on a, a, a war footing. But they're not tonight. They've told us many times we're not going to mess with the church. Uh, we're not going to come against the church. Any rules we've passed have been of our own self and the discernment of the Holy Spirit's will for this church. Now, folks, why would we want to go poke the bear about social distancing? I tell you, to be honest with you, the speed limit is more of an inconvenience to me. I mean, if I'm going to pick a law that I'm going to break, it's going to be the speed limit. Man, I think it's on my nerves. My wife is the second Holy Spirit in our car. She's also the second speedometer in our car. We're going down the road, and my wife will find a nice, submissive way to say, Whoo, it's only 45 miles an hour in this area. She's telling me that I'm speeding. Oh. Do you know what? Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I can go over the speed limit. No, I just submit myself to that authority. Just because God is my Father, and I'm going to spend eternity with Him, 
And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Doesn't mean I get to pick and choose which laws I want to obey. Now listen, you are more than welcome to agree with me tonight, but you better do it with this because this is how I will defend myself. I don't like what I'm preaching tonight any more than you do, but it's the word of God just as much as tithing and the Great Commission is submitting ourselves to authority. Can I tell you why they were okay in Acts chapter 5? I want you to look at something. We love verse 29, all right? We love verse 29 in Acts chapter 5. I want you to go back and circle verse 22, okay? Verse 20 as well. Verse 20. Watch this. Verse 19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Why were they defying the authority? Well, they had God's word on it. God told them to. All right? So watch this. I'm going to give you a great litmus test of when it's okay to defy authority when God tells you to. It's okay when God says it's okay. The reason they were doing what they were doing in 27 and 28 is because God said to do it in 20. And you see, the word of God has got to be our final authority. When you start writing your own laws, that's when you get in trouble. Listen, that's when we start teaching our children to rebel. And I assure you, be not deceived. God is not mocked for what we sow, we're going to reap. And if our children see us picking and choosing which laws we're going to obey when they're teenagers one day, you're going to see them and wonder, why are they doing that? Why are they rebelling against me? It's because you taught them how to do it. Because you picked and choose which authority you would obey, and now they're going to pick theirs, except for theirs is going to break your heart. Instead, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2 to pray for our authorities. Pray for our authorities. Now, here's what I wonder. I wonder what our country would look like tonight if we were as quick to pray for them as we were wanting to oppose them. I wonder what those men would be capable of doing, and I wonder what the landscape would look like if we just took 1 Timothy 2.1. That's in the Bible. All right? We use the Bible to try to find reasons and excuses to rebel. And we do. We know we do. Sometimes the only time we crack open our Bibles is when we're trying to defend the wrong that we know that we're doing. And yet if we just got to 1 Timothy 2, we'd see where it says to pray for our authorities. Jeremiah chapter number 29 in captivity, you know what God tells his people? Watch this, about to blow your mind. While they're in captivity, God tells his children who are being held captive to pray for the land that they're being held captive in. He said, because if it goes well with you, it'll go well with them. God says, pray for them. And yet, because, listen, oftentimes we can't discern spirit and flesh, we find a verse that our flesh likes. Be careful when you find a verse that your flesh likes. And we take that verse and we use it to rebel. And I'll tell you something tonight. It hurts our witness and it hurts our testimony. When God says back in Romans 13, let's look at it one more time. Verse 5, wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. I want you to know, if they put, put, a, put a, a cease and desist order on our doors, I hope every one of you turn out and find your place to your pew. And we will defy that ordinance. Why? Because we ought to obey God rather than man. If they come in and tell us we have to turn over our Bibles, I hope you will link arms with me and let's just make a brick wall and not let them through. If they come into this place and tell us that we can't preach or we can't sing, then we will lock arms and we will obey God rather than man. But I want you to understand, thus far, thus far I haven't found anything where God's letting me use his word as an excuse to rebel. It's simply my flesh seeking to take advantage of the situation. 
Now, folks, I want you to know I have spoken very plainly the last two Sunday nights, not because I'm mad at you. I love our church and I love our people. If I did not care, I would not tell you the truth. But this is the truth tonight. And I know it's not easy, but I want you to understand it's expected of God. And I hope if anything comes out of this, we will see that we have an opportunity to be a witness through all of this, just like Esther did, just like Jochebed did. She was used of God. Uh, Just like Paul and Silas were, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, all of those that were used of God. Why? Because they did it the right way. They decided, you know what, we're going to make sure that even though we resist, we're going to retain our testimony, even if it costs us our rights. Because you know what? America may not always be here. I may not always be an American, but I'm always going to be a Christian. My father has defined my character. And I don't always like what that character is, but this is the standard that I am to live up to here, and I will be held accountable to there, so I might as well start getting used to it. So tonight, when is it okay to obey? Well, let's review real quickly. Number one, Romans 13 shows us subjection of every soul. There's no excuses. And then we should have some reservations about being resistant. But understand as we look down to verse 6 and 7, there's going to be a cost for godly conduct. You have to pay and give from time to time. It may involve your opinion. You may have to render from time to time, give up something from time to time, just to keep your character. Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, go ahead. You flush your character down the toilet and you have your rights, but I assure you your testimony is not going to be useful to God. Finally, when can we resist? Well, we can resist when man's law conflicts with God's commandment. But be careful. Because the Bible talks about when we resist the authorities, we risk damnation. That means be careful. God takes that very seriously. So when you do get ready to oppose, as was necessary at North Valley Baptist Church this morning in California, make sure you're doing it because you're doing it to obey God, not those pesky old fleshly lusts. Before I pray tonight, I want you to know I love you very much, and I love our church, and I want the blessings of God on our church. God's not going to bless our church if there are spirits of rebellion within our congregation. We've got to be careful. Look, we all have the potential to do that. Why? Because we all live in a flesh body. And this thing is tempted to rebel. I don't want to be told what to do. But listen, be careful when you resist. And you better resist based on the word of God in the way that God has said. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. (coughs) Thank <coughs> you.